Hey guys, and welcome to the 271st episode of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and this week we have on Batch CBD co-founder, Dennis Mistrioti. Batch CBD doesn't just make incredible CBD products. They also serve as a CBD testing facility and manufacturer for countless other CBD brands, some of which you may have tried before or consistently use. Batch started when Dennis and his co-founders took the plunge into entrepreneurship as the CBD and hemp industry started to really blossom. However, instead of heading straight into retail, they started with researching and learning everything that they possibly could about the agriculture and manufacturing of hemp and CBD, and going on to open up a CBD testing facility. As time went on and the industry grew, so did they. They managed to snowball and expand into hemp extraction and eventually create their own brand, what we know today as Batch CBD. Today, they manufacture for some of the biggest brands on the market and have helped set the bar for sustainability, customer satisfaction, and above else, quality. Although it wasn't necessarily the smoothest journey, through trial and error, they found their voice and created their own CBD products. It's been a long journey for them, a successful one, but that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. In this episode of Built on Passion, Dennis Mistrioti shares how they built one of the industry-leading CBD manufacturers, some insights on how they handled marketing in a completely new industry, their approach to building their community, and the how and why behind starting Batch CBD. All right, all right. Well, hang on one second before we actually jump into this episode. I just wanted to say thank you. Really, thank you for supporting everything we're trying to do. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being engaged, being curious, and just being there supporting the show. We work really hard to put together a really interesting show and have on guests that are truly doing something progressive, interesting, and building something truly special. If you are looking for a way to show your support and help us continue to do what we are doing, One of the biggest things you could do, and I know it seems like a really small thing, but is leave a review. Plus, it helps inform other people what your experience of this podcast has been like. So that's basically it. I just wanted to say a big old thank you to you, the listener. Please leave a review. It is extremely helpful and uh, you look great. And that's it. Bye. Hey, Dennis, how you doing? Doing well, Matt. How are you? I'm good. So who are you? Who is Dennis Mistrioti? On a professional level, I am the co-owner and CEO of Batch CBD, which is an e-commerce CBD brand and manufacturing company. What is your background in? What led you to say, hey, let's fire this up? Ooh, it depends how far I want to rewind here. But I started this business with my two college roommates when we were at the University of Wisconsin. I suppose that's not exactly where we started the business, but that's kind of where the story begins. Those two guys, those other two guys that I started this with, have a chemistry background and I have more of a business background. And when we were going to school together, we started our first entrepreneurial venture, which was actually a food cart and catering service on campus at the University of Wisconsin. If you've ever been to Madison, you know that there's quite a prominent food cart scene. Nevertheless, especially while being college students, it was a ton of work really difficult business to run given the circumstance. So it was never something we wanted to progress into our adult lives, but it taught us a lot about entrepreneurship and made it a lot less intimidating to start something else and really made us confident that whenever that next thing came about, we would be able to do it. And when we 
were, you know, discussing what that next venture would be for us. We wanted it to be something meaningful and not arbitrary, something that we were good at, but something that was important to us. And so to make a long story short, when we had all graduated and were working kind of normal corporate jobs, so to speak, and industrial hemp was due to be legalized in the state of Wisconsin. And we have no cannabis whatsoever here until hemp was legalized. And so as that was being discussed to legalize in Wisconsin, we kind of all came together and were like, guys, this could be it for us. We all are interested in alternative medicine and knew how much potential CBD had to help people. And so when that was coming to be, we quickly dove into our research. Like we were flying out to Seattle and to Denver and learning the ropes really, really quickly from industry experts and came back to Wisconsin as the intellectual hub of cannabis and hemp manufacturing, so to speak, in a state that knew virtually nothing about the industry. That obviously I could continue the story as to where it started to where we are today. But to answer your question without rambling, that is kind of how we got from zero to one. Did you start off specifically as a information platform or was that just more of like, okay, we have it? First of all, just to clarify, hemp and marijuana, something most people don't actually know, are identical plants in every single respect, except for the fact that hemp by law does not produce THC above 0.3%, which is just the legal threshold to be classified as hemp versus marijuana. But everything else about it is the same. So the way the plant is grown minus, you know, indoor versus outdoor stuff, the way it's processed, the oils are extracted, all of that stuff is actually exactly the same. So when we were out there learning, we were actually learning from a marijuana extraction facility and dispensary and marijuana farm, but knowing all along that we would just be converting it all you know, the same way to hemp. So to answer your question, my partners have a more scientific background. So as we were learning these things, we were able to implement them with a reasonable degree of confidence, knowing that we weren't going to screw anything up because they were doing similar things in their lab work in school anyways. So when we first started the business, the first thing that we were was actually a cannabinoid testing company. So what that means is that whether it be farmers or retailers or researchers were sending us samples of their plants, products, extracts, and we would run a test for them and tell them this is how much CBD or THC or all these other cannabinoids that you may be less familiar with are in that product. And that holds research and development value. One, you want to make sure it's legal for commerce. And also it provides value for that product based on how much CBD there is. That was kind of our foot in the door to the industry, knowing all along that we wanted to progress beyond that, but it provided us a really good network throughout the industry because we were connected to so many different people. And as a result, we actually knew what all of these different farms were growing and the quality of their product When we moved to the next step of our business, which was CBD extraction, we were actually able to hand select a farm that we had seen literally on test results performing the best among our state and beyond. So we used that piece of information 
to make this farm one of our own. And they're basically an extension of our business now and our sole supplier of all of our hemp biomass, which is, of course, the raw material input for everything else that we make. So started as a testing platform and then moved into bulk CBD extraction, where we were turning the plant into a crude CBD extract. And then from there, slowly moved on to product formulation. And now our area of expertise is product formulation. But we do, in fact, still control everything from the farm all the way to the finished product. You set up your testing facility. You started to create the extracting process. Has all of that or any of that changed, updated with any new information that's come out? Or has it been pretty tried and true? It has stayed mostly the same. The way in which we interact with the rest of the industry has changed a little bit. We're not as much of a public testing service, but rather we maintain our roots in testing. We still have our internal lab and we actually use that now as a quality control mechanism. So any batch of flour that we source or any product that we develop, we can test on hand to basically ensure its level of quality and then still send it to a third-party lab to verify that everything is of quality and free of contaminants. One thing you might not know is that's very commonplace in this industry to have test results for every product that you made. In fact, it's probably more scrutinized than any other consumable product that I can really think of for the most part. That side of things has changed a little bit. And like I said, our emphasis is much more consumer focused now, right? We have this brand that our goal is to make the highest quality finished products. And actually, we're a private label manufacturer for several other brands as well. So uh, priority has shifted a little bit, but our extraction processes, while they have been fine-tuned a little bit for higher output and purity and stuff like that, has basically been that same process that we learned from the beginning. As this industry grows and grows, and it seems like it's headed to a bigger place. I'm interested to see like what technology brings with this space growing. Yeah. CBD for a while was quite the buzzword. It was, you know, around 2018, 2019, it was sold or featured on some sort of menu on seemingly every corner of the universe. So the customer that uses CBD is using it mostly for therapeutic or medicinal reason and not very recreationally. So I always tread lightly when it comes to the, some of the gimmicky things that I see out there. It's not necessarily bad, but I think the CBD products that exist right now will probably be the primary form of consumption for a while. But yeah, I'm with you. The, it's still such a new and emerging industry. 10 years from now could look completely different from today. How did you develop your products? What was your process like? What made you decide to expand the way you did? These things never happen exactly how you write it out. And when we started the business, we were never planning on being in the position that we are right now. But the answer was that we were preparing for a hemp trade show where we were going to market our services at a booth in Wisconsin. And we didn't have anything to really sell because we were a service company, more or less. And people were just kind of absorbing information. So we made our first CBD tincture which isn't really rocket science to make in, in its most primitive form. You take the extract that we make, mix it with the carrier oil. You can do a few other things for 
aesthetics and flavor or something like that. Everybody does it a little bit differently and whatever, you can get by with that. And so we sold that at the trade show and we had a really, on hindsight, ugly label and basic bottle and all this stuff. But because we had such a high quality extract, because we were doing everything from the beginning, we were determined to be as high end of a product as possible. The farm, remember, you know, best crop we could find, best extraction process we could develop, all that. Our products were really, really working well for people. And we were getting these testimonials all of a sudden on how it's changing people's lives and all this stuff. And we were even focused on that at the time. And also when CBD first emerged, there were a lot more gimmicky products than there are even now, because it was a little bit of a cash grab industry when it first started because people didn't know the difference. People didn't realize you had to kind of do some research because it's semi-unregulated still. And it kind of became obvious to us that, wow, we can take this a step further. We're already doing the legwork to get to this point. So then we started learning how to develop products. And we were calling some of our contacts that we had met out West on how to get our feet off the ground when it comes to product development. But to be honest with you, to get to the point where we are today, where we're making thousands of different SKUs, it kind of just matured into where it is right now. You know, we started manufacturing for a few other brands, made some mistakes, fixed those mistakes, made some more mistakes, fixed those mistakes, and slowly grew into this position where we were experts in this CBD product manufacturing field without even trying. And because we were making so many different unique products per the request of our customers. When it was time to launch Batch, the consumer brand Batch, which was you know, a little bit later into our company's maturity, we had already done so much that we kind of hand-selected the formulations that we found to be the most successful and work the best for people. So it was a, kind of a blessing in disguise that we were a little bit late to the direct consumer side of the industry because we were able to launch with a very, very well thought out brand and product. Was there any really big failures that were a little iffy or that slingshotted you into like the next dimension in terms of progressing stuff? So, right. I started this business with my two college roommates. And as a result of that, you know, we hang out together. We're friends too. So there are times when we're actually all together off the clock as well, right? quite frequently, actually. And I remember there was one time when we were starting to manufacture for some brands that weren't massive, but they were on the upper end. They were bigger than us for sure. And I remember we were all at a friend's like lake house for the weekend. You know, I had just put my feet up on the pier and we got, it was like a Friday. So we left work a little bit early and we just got like a mayday call from this customer where without getting too into it, we had messed up the labels pretty badly. There was like expiration date problems on the labels. That was a complete error. But long story short, we had to jump right into action in a location with minimal service where we weren't well equipped to. But that's kind of the story that I tell that launched us to that next level of quality control because we are bulletproof now. I mean, we are so, so organized and we operate as though we are an FDA-regulated manufacturing facility creating dietary supplements, despite the fact that we're not required to. But that supreme organization that we have now has saved us so many headaches, and it's allowed our customers to really 
trust us and know they don't have to worry about any sort of mistakes like that again. But it takes something like that to kick into gear sometimes. It's interesting you mentioned the FDA thing. That is something that I caught when I was checking you guys out. What is your take on that? Like, what do you think about CBD in its evolution in regards to it being a supplement of sorts and being worked into food and things like that? To clarify, it is not classified by the FDA, right? They kind of have an eye on it, but it's not yet a drug or a dietary supplement or a food explicitly. As a result, it's operating in this gray area with little rules here and there. To be honest with you, knowing the amount of work and seriousness we put into our operation, I, to a degree, am encouraging of some regulation because the customer should not have the burden of worrying or having to do extensive research to make sure that they get a legitimate product when the product does have the potential to help so many. And because of this lack of regulation, I've talked to countless customers where their experience has been poor. And when that happens, first impressions are everything, obviously. And they will maybe write off, oh, CBD doesn't work. It didn't do anything for me. And it's an uphill battle sometimes. I have to say, well, it's probably because of the product that you used. And so because I know we're doing everything properly, I'm always encouraging of some sort of regulation, so long as it's not, of course, crippling to the industry in any way. But you know, we've kind of combated that negative perception that some people have had with our free sample campaign because we're the manufacturer and we know how well CBD has worked for our audience. We actually have a campaign where you can go on our website and we will send you a free sample to change any negative perception that might persist out there. CBD is this kind of amorphous thing where it's like, it's kind of everything and it could be added to a lot of things and it's marketed for athletes, marketed for this and that sleep. How do you cut through a lot of the white noise and just be totally frank bullshit that exists within a industry that's kind of the wild west right now? Great question. It's certainly not easy. There's a a few things that we've done. For one, like I mentioned, we were a little batch as a consumer brand was a little late to the party. So it gave us the luxury to kind of observe what was out there in the industry and find a way to differentiate. So if you haven't seen our products already, we have wildly unique packaging. Our boxes are made from sustainable hemp board and the bottle shape is a little bit different and the the brand looks modern and unique. And so that was, that's one way to catch people's eye, right? It certainly doesn't look like it belongs in a vape shop or something like that. So I think that on its own, that thoughtfulness into the brand, one, creates a little bit of an element of trust. But then from the branding and marketing side, because we're unique in that, we manufacture the product from the farm to the finished product, we have a lot more to show our audience. And I would go as far as saying about 80% plus of the brands that you'll find out there, that is not the case, which is fine. But because we do have that, we can really show you what this is all about. And we know it's still a mysterious product to some people, but it shouldn't be scary. There's nothing scary about it. It's a natural product. It's a natural derivative mixed with natural carrier oils and put into a bottle and sold to you. And so we do our best to be as authentic as possible. We always say we have no trade secrets. We will show you everything that we do. And that is our secret. It is that there are no secrets. And so we take you behind the scenes at the farm and the extraction process and 
what the bottling line looks like and what our team looks like. And we are very people facing and are always encourage people to communicate with us to just reduce any anxiety anybody might have trying CBD for the first time and try to help people realize that it all comes as a good thing. And hopefully people trust us as a result. Different marketing avenues, like when it comes to like social media or YouTube or that, and even some different software we use, they do not like the word CBD or hemp. That is an understatement. We got kicked off of one of our invoicing services because we worked with a CBD brand. I thought like that to me is Friggin' nuts. How do you deal with that? Huge hidden hurdle of having a CBD or any cannabis related business for sure. And when we first started, it was much worse than that. It was a reliable bank account and payment processor and insurance. And luckily, those issues have subsided considerably. But the advertising and marketing side of things are still a bit rigid and they're not the same traditional avenues that most e commerce brands have. Again, though, it's allowed us to be extremely creative in how we reach customers and find new audience and communicate with our customers, right? Just like what we're doing right now. And, you know, if we didn't have to really, really hit the drawing board like that, we might not have discovered some of the unbelievable opportunities that we've had in the marketing and advertising space. So I would have liked for it to have been more free to explore, but you know, we've done, yeah, you know, stuff like this, podcasting, a lot of email marketing, there's banner ads, there's collaborations with other businesses and influencers and giveaways. And the combination of things when done properly can still be extremely effective. Yeah. It's grassroots marketing. I feel like that gives you a better opportunity to actually create a brand too, and like interact with you know, your customers, things like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, our marketing is not very shallow at all. Uh, it's not you know, just pushing a sale. We've actually spent a lot of time on what the customer experience will look like once they do find us, our social media and our email flows and what our website looks like and the information provided on our website, allowing people to always learn more and feel comfortable. So yeah, and present a well thought out brand. Again, something that could have maybe been more overlooked if we were just pushing sales too much, but it's worked out for the better, I think. It also seems that it's like you build a community, but you also think about, all right, who is this for? Everyone needs CBD for a reason and you can't be everything to everyone. How did you figure out who your perfect customer was? It helps so many different groups of people, right? Like you mentioned, athletes use it, elderly use it, professionals use it in their daily life, people use it to sleep. And it it is actually so broad where we were trying not to be too, too specific, which is kind of like a marketing no-no, right? You want to target your audience, find your position in the market and all of that. And we've done that to a degree and we've branded in a way that expresses our own true personality as much as possible. Like what we would want to see in a product, because if, if the brand represents us, we will best be able to express it because it's truly is authentic. And the authenticity has been kind of the staple for our brand all along, but like the age group over 40, let's say, is one of the harder age groups to tap into because there's a little bit more resistance to cannabis related products. But once you do knock down that wall, they are also the most loyal and regular customers because they need the product the most. 
But then of course, we're all in our 20s, most of my team. So it was an interesting thing. And at the end of the day, we just wanted to present professionally and provide that product that was as of high quality as possible. And so far, that's kind of worked for us. I would be surprised if anyone really starts off just locking in exactly what they're going to be forever. Right. Absolutely. We had an idea when we, when we first started. And as it pertains to Red Yeti also, our whole team are avid skiers. We're in the Midwest here. So we go out West once or twice a year. In fact, one of my partners I started with, it just moved out to Vail. You know, I always tell a story too, when we've been out skiing before, when we were first developing our products and first kind of doing those first iterations of those products that I told you about. And we were banged up and sore per usual, especially when, when you come from the Midwest for like four or five days of skiing, you are hitting the gas the whole time, right? More than you normally would if you were an everyday skier, because you're trying to get every minute of daylight you can out of that time out there. But as a result, you can get pretty banged up. And so I can't get too into medical topics with CBD, but we were experimenting on ourselves with our newly developed products and kind of had that eureka moment where I was like, oh my goodness, what a unbelievable product for a skier or boarder, any person that enjoys the outdoors and lives an active lifestyle like we all do. And coming back to that authentic side to our branding, that has been another topic that's seeped through in our branding is, you know, trying to help people be the best version of themselves and live an active lifestyle. Yeah. So I guess you guys were able to be test dummies for yourself and be like, huh, what do I like? What would help me? Yeah. We didn't have this big group of people to receive feedback from to get formal results. So the best thing that we were able to do was test on ourselves and see how we reacted to the different products to at least get us started. Obviously, we have, we're a little bit more legitimate in our analysis now after thousands of units later. But yeah, I would say, you know, doing stuff like that in the outdoors, involving ourselves in our normal lifestyle of skiing, hiking, biking, et cetera, we were able to kind of see what worked best for us. And, and we market really well to skiers and snowboarders, probably as a result of that. I mean, to a degree, the product is made for them among many people, as I mentioned, but from a personal side, that was how it kind of started. I have to ask, especially when it comes to something that there's just a big farming element to it. What is Bash's commitment to sustainability? Oh, good question. I've always thought that in an industry that has an undeniable farming aspect to it, you kind of have that obligation to be as sustainable as possible. And a few things that we do, organic farming practices are one and not something we even talk about that much because I just feel like it's a qualifier. You know, if you're not doing that, I feel like you're kind of in at least the wrong industry at this point. That's one thing. And as we move further up the supply chain, we recycle as much as we can. For example, like our extraction process, we recycle basically 99.9% of the ethanol that is used and continue that cycle over and over again. And then the most obvious thing, of course, is on the packaging side, where try to eliminate as much plastic as possible. Like I said, the boxes that the products come in are made of hemp, which is kind of cool and unique. And so we're always, packaging is a tough one because there's a lot of not so sustainable packaging out there. And fortunately, because we're vertically integrated, we can spend a little bit more on that packaging side to have a more sustainable 
product. And then the last thing, you know, we always do is not related directly to the supply chain, but on giving back. We do the one tree planted thing, which is if if you don't know, a percentage of every sale goes towards planting trees for reforestation. But we actually like even more than that is kind of doing things that are a little bit more tangible that we can see. So we participate in community river cleanups as a team and do stuff like that here in Wisconsin whenever we can, just so we can feel a little bit more connected to the impact that we're making. And it kind of helps remind us what our responsibility is in that regard. Where are you based out in Wisconsin? We always say Milwaukee because that's where we all live. That's where I'm sitting right now doing this podcast. But our production facility is about 25 minutes west of Milwaukee in a town called Sussex. And our farm is in the middle of the state in a little, little, little town called Nielsville, which you probably won't run into by accident. How did you get involved with the one tree planter thing? I mean, obviously it's clear that like, okay, guys, we want to do something more. You're trying to find that, but what is the process of deciding how to create that social piece? One tree planted is cool because there's a direct correlation to the donation. You know, percentages can kind of get lost in the abyss a little bit. You don't really know what's what's happening. So it's an easily digestible campaign for business and the customer. So, okay, $1, one tree. You know exactly the impact that you're making by supporting that campaign. And so I think it's encouraging and digestible, like I said, from a customer and business perspective. Just looking at the landscape of an industry that's been so young, so quick to evolve, is there anything that you would want to change? Anything that you look at and be like, oh, okay, like this could be done better? I mean, it's a tough question because it's kind of vague, but what's your take on the climate of the CBD industry? The latter part of that question, the climate of the industry, I think it's in a really good spot right now, actually, because for a while it wasn't so much because it was such a gold rush mentality and there was so much noise and the customers were burdened with weeding through it all. And that obviously can't persist for too long, right? In any sort of industry, competition is going to come in. And the pandemic even kind of accelerated some of that a little bit where you couldn't just throw the word CBD all over the place and make some money. So a lot of the people in the industry that are still around have probably been doing things properly in at least some aspect of their business for several years. And now what we're left with and all the businesses that I interact with and my supply chain and on the marketing and they all kind of know what they're doing, or at least they own their domain pretty well. So the wild west mentality has thankfully subsided quite a bit. So I think it's in a good place and getting better. Is there anything that you would want to change in the CBD industry or any connecting industry? You know, I've told you I'm appreciative of the creativity that's been induced from the restrictions we've had. But I think it's a little bit laughable that there are still some marketing and advertising restrictions out there because, you know, sometimes I just kind of laugh and think, you know, what are we doing here? It's like, we know it's everywhere and something doesn't last for several years like this. If it's a fad, it's here to stay. It's a matter of time. So it'd be, there are a few things like that, a few of those barriers to communication that I wish would be changed by now. And then, of course, I I mentioned the regulatory side of things would be nice for the sake of customer trust as well. So I'd say those would be the two things that would 
help the most right now. Do you have any advice for anyone who would want to start a CBD brand? I mean, I guess you'd probably be the best person to talk to considering that you're making the products for so many brands. Yeah. So I do have that conversation with people a lot. And at the end of the day, I would say if you're going to start a CBD brand of your own, it just needs to be well thought out on how you are going to actually distribute that product. Because you could come to me and we can help get you a great product and there will be no issues on that side of things. But at the end of the day, some of the biggest brands that we produce for actually choose to have a slightly, they don't choose to have a lower quality product, but it's a not as high of a quality product that it could be, but they're the ones selling the hell out of it. And I only say that under the point that, you know, you have to find a way to connect with customers, to find new customers and to get people to pay attention to you, right? It's it's not like the dispensary model, so to speak, where if you have a dispensary on this corner, people are going to come because they know what they're getting. And I think it gets convoluted sometimes and mixed up with the marijuana hype a little bit. And I think that's what's brought a lot of attention to the industry in the first place. But, you know, like for us, we started with nothing at all. And that's why we had to take the baby steps that we had, right? We never had this big capital investment where we could just start experimenting with everything. But at the end of the day, we were just doing things as responsibly as we can long enough to survive, to gain our reputation. And through doing so, we're a little bit more indestructible than if we would have gone a different route. The slow and steady burn building out a concrete base. Truly. Yeah. I mean, there's ups and downs to it. There are times of panic and times of celebration, but with an upward trajectory the whole time. So what's the best part about running batch? Ooh, the best part running batch. I would say my favorite part right now is meeting so many different types of people, right? Because I literally work with a group of farmers in a small, small town in Wisconsin who have one road going through it. And I get to see what their life is like and their takes on the world and what their day-to-day is like, what gets them excited. And then I also work with you know a digital marketing genius out in a totally different state whose you know, day-to-day is very urban and virtual and kind of everything in between and other small businesses trying to start their own business, medium-sized businesses that have been doing it for 10 years and just kind of learn a little bit from everybody. And I think just gives you an appreciation of different perspectives to say the least, because people are different, but are all good in their own right. And that's been very fascinating to observe over the years. Has anyone came to you with just like a really bad idea? Or are you just like, I don't want to do this? Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it all. And, and again, in that 2018, 2019 time period when everybody had some sort of idea. So we were a testing lab at one point. And at one point, somebody was trying to create a CBD, I'm not kidding, a CBD fish, like a live fish, where he was feeding the fish the CBD tablets. <laughs> And one day somebody walked in, in person to our, a lot of our samples were mailed in for our testing service, walked in with a fish, hoping that we would test it. Like we just run it through this like tube or something for its CBD content. I'm sure there would have been some way to do it, but we just had to, we just had to stop the one at the door. Cause you know, we're already in startup mode trying to figure this out. And we're like, we like to say yes to everything while we're desperate and young but I think we're going to draw the line here. <laughs> Sir, you got a lovely fish. Yeah. Truly wonderful fish, but let him live. Yeah. We were, you know, we, we said, what if you just 
put the CBD on top of the fish afterwards. And it was like, that'll never work. Yeah. That idea. He hadn't thought of that one yet at the time. That's probably the most notable funny story that we've had. Bad ideas. There's certainly some more. They were a uh, commonplace years ago. It's cooled down a bit <laughs> since. Dennis, thank you for coming on and chatting about Batch, kind of going through your experience and letting us peek behind the curtain. For anyone listening, where's the best place to find out more about Batch and just kind of maybe pick up some products, see what you're all about? Absolutely. Well, you can certainly order any of our products at hellobatch.com. I mentioned our free sample campaign earlier on. If you haven't tried CBD before or you want to try our CBD for the first time, you can go to hellobatch.com slash free. And if you want the best behind the scenes to the personality of our company and what we're all about, our Instagram is at batch underscore by underscore WHS. So that's a little bit more the fun side of the brand. Awesome. Check it out. Batch. Hello, Batch. Thanks again, Dennis. Thank you for having me. We made it. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Built on Passion. Hope you learned something. Hope you maybe grew as a person. Maybe you have a new entrepreneurial idea. Maybe all of the above. Maybe you got a new perspective on your favorite hobby or favorite piece of gear and you just you fell in love all over again. I'm hoping for the last one. That last one actually sounds pretty good. I'm going to ask one last time for the people in the back. Please leave a review. It is super helpful and a great way to show your support of the show. And if you know someone who might be interested in this episode specifically, share it to them. And all joking aside, thank you for everything, for supporting what we're doing. In any event, that's it for now. I will see you next week on another episode of Built on Passion. <laughs>